Welcome to Elemental Talks, the podcast that connects marketing, design, and development experts, helping you to build better websites. John Jange is one of the leading marketing consultants for small businesses in the United States, with over 25 years of experience. He's an in-demand speaker and a best-selling author. Forbes chose his blog as a favorite for marketing and small businesses. His podcast, a top 10 marketing show on iTunes, was called A Must Listen by Fast Company Magazine. In our 25th podcast, John encourages web designers to step up their game, describes his marketing hourglass approach, and talks about the biggest mistakes small businesses make. Hello, Elementors, and today I have a great honor to be interviewing John Jantz from Duct Tape Marketing. Hi, John. How are you? Great. It's bright and early in the morning for me, um, and I, I just got off the road, so this is, uh, hopefully I'll make some sense. Ah, where, where did you, uh, well, you're a, you're a lecturer and you're a speaker, so where did you speak? Well, to tell you the truth, I um, own a home in the mountains in Colorado, and so I was out there for about 10 days actually uh, writing instead of speaking, because uh, I have a, another book uh, coming out that in the fall of 2019 that I'm trying to finish up right now here in uh, Uh, early March. Mm-hmm. Well, what's the, the, do you have a title yet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's called The Self-Reliant Entrepreneur. And it's uh, going to be a very different book for me. Uh, it is uh, one of these kind of daily books. So there's a page per day, literally follows a calendar uh, date. And there's a, a reading uh, from literature, actually, that uh, is from the uh, kind of 1850s, uh, 1840s in that period, uh, Ralph Waldo Emerson, of course, a great uh, uh, essay called Self-Reliance. Um, and I think there's a lot of writing from that period, or at least I'm proposing there's a lot of writing from that period that had some great lessons for entrepreneurs. So every day is going to have a, um, a, a reading from some uh, work of literature from that period. And then I'm going to write 100 words or so and give you a challenging question for that day. So it's meant to just kind of be a little bit of daily brief inspiration. inspiration. Yeah, yeah, drawn from uh, what I think was kind of the first counterculture uh, in America, the, the transcendentalist period. That's, that's great. Uh, so before we, we proceed with this, tell us a bit about yourself. I and mean, you're a veteran uh, marketer and author and speaker, and you do... Yeah. Pretty much you're uh, all over the, the scope in terms of marketing and understanding the whole picture, but tell our, our listeners more about you. Sure. Well, I've actually owned my own marketing consulting firm for about 25 years. And uh, like a lot of people, I jumped in and said, oh, I can, you know, I can figure this out. And, you know, what do you need? Uh, I'll do whatever you need. <laughs> you know, if you agree to pay me. Uh, so just kind of jumped around project work, kind of figured out what I was trying to do. And, you know, really uh, pretty quickly decided I love working with small business owners. But they were challenging too, because they they have the same problems and and needs, but certainly never the same budgets and and uh, or even attention spans really for that matter. And so I uh, decided what I needed to do was if I was going to work with small business owners, I needed to figure out a way where I could walk in and say, "Here's what I'm going to do. Here's what you're going to do. Here are the results we hope we get. And by the way, here's what it costs. Do you want it or not?" Um, and what I quickly found out is in trying to kind of solve my greatest frustration, I tapped into what is today, I think still one of the greatest frustrations with small business owners. And that is, it's very difficult to buy marketing services, particularly with the, the onslaught of digital, uh, marketing tactics. You know, now that everybody's selling a piece of the puzzle, everybody is, um, you know, so I, I shouldn't say everybody, but there are people out there selling smoke uh, snake oil and um, and and so you know the fact that somebody came in and said 
we're going to install a system. That system's going to start with strategy first, and here's what it costs. I think it was music to their ears, and and that was really the genesis of duct tape marketing. I, I decided if I was going to turn this marketing service into a, almost a product offering, I needed to give it a brand name, and uh, and that's uh, that's where duct tape marketing uh, came from. Kind of fast forward today, I've you know I as we talked about, I'm you know working on my sixth book. I do uh, certainly a lot of speaking, but I also uh, have a an agency that works with small business owners installing the duct tape marketing system and have extended that now to a network of independent marketing consultants around the world. We have about 150 uh, consultants who license and use the duct tape marketing system and actually have formed a network to to work with and collaborate with each other in this same sort of point of view that marketing is a system and it's and it starts with strategy. So that's kind of kind of uh, my uh, hopefully quick uh, story of three decades of work. Yeah, and um, so the focus on small business, I mean, that's a, that's a huge deal. I mean, and uh, what kind of challenges, because a lot of our own audience are building sites for small businesses. So yeah, yeah. how did you manage with, I mean, there's a lot of challenges in, in that type of audience as opposed to, you know, enterprises and, and small and no big businesses. Yeah, I, there certainly are challenges. I mean, there's there's challenges everywhere. I mean, there's, you know, trying to get an order through a big, you know, organization is tough too. In fact, um, I did a small project for a very large organization. We don't need to name names. Um, I, it was about a $2,000, you know, project or something like that. And I got a check for $215,000 to pay the invoice. And I, you know, I was just for a moment tempted to cash it, but I thought now <laughs> that, that can't be good. Um, and so I call them up to, to try to say, Hey, you guys made a mistake. And they basically sent me out all these forms I had to fill out. And, you know, it was like, I was a criminal, you know, that, <laughs> that they had overpaid me. So, you know, there's, there, there's problems working with large organizations too, but with, with small organizations, I think the biggest thing is that you know, for most of them, marketing is, is almost a necessary evil. They didn't start their businesses because that's what they wanted to do, you know, be brilliant marketers. You know, they started it because they were a good plumber or they were a good accountant or, you know, whatever it is um, that, that the business does. And they, they sort of quickly come to find out that if they can't get good at marketing, you know, they're, they're going to struggle. But it's, it, 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 it's one of those things that, you know, everything else in their business, they, they can look at as a system you know, paying the bills, hiring people, doing the yeah. work that they do. And then marketing is like this strange thing that they don't understand. And so if I've added anything to the conversation is that I've said, no, marketing is a system as well in your business. In fact, it might be the most important system. And if you look at it that way um, and start with strategy and then align all of your tactics based on what you want the market to believe about your business and the promise that you make about your business, then it's not really that hard. You don't have to just chase every idea of the week. You have to actually just make content and your tactics, the voice of strategy. And that idea, while still maybe needing to be um, amplified, of course, um, made a lot of sense to small business owners because nobody else is talking about that. Still today, everybody's talking about the idea of the week or the tactic of the week. And, and what we've done is, is, not, you know, this idea of marketing as a system means that we, we do start with strategy, but then we have to integrate everything that we're doing into that strategy. And, you know, I know a lot of your listeners are web designers, and that's actually a category of business that I sometimes have to pick on because we can't think of our website as something that is designed only. Certainly it has to be designed, it has to look good, it has to match your brand, but if it doesn't function, <laughs> 
the way that our buyer wants it to function. If it doesn't, if it isn't structured the way that the search engines want to see content structured and websites structured, then you're really wasting your time. In fact, in some cases, uh, you might actually be hurting that small business owner if you're not thinking about content and SEO and the customer journey as you design that website. Yeah, what we talk a lot in this podcast and the, the whole idea of the, of, of the, the reason and the, the story of the, the podcast is the convergence of, uh, of techniques that you need. You need to know how to design websites and you need to know how to market it and develop it. I mean, you have to know every piece of the puzzle, uh, no matter what kind of niche, even if you're only a web designer or only a marketer. Because right. otherwise, uh, you're going to have to wait until uh, someone else delivers the, the work for you. And you're going to have to be accountable for someone else's work. So that's yeah. kind of uh, what we led. And I think uh, that it, it's certainly a, a much more possible uh, today than it was before. Because you have uh, more advanced tools that uh, give you that power. Well, and, and I'll give you another example. And again, I'm, I'm not picking on web designers. I'm just picking on the ones that, you know, that believe that all they are is designers. <laughs> because, um, you know, if a website doesn't load quickly because there are things that have been done for design purposes that actually bloat the site or make it, you know, hard to load, well, that's going to hurt the site, you know, every bit as much as it perhaps not looking good. Um, and so, you know, the web designer um, is, in my opinion, is now has to be responsible for those elements that maybe, maybe didn't matter when we just designed in a vacuum. But if, if we're going to design the, the, you know, the website is the hub of marketing for most small business owners. And so consequently, it touches everything, or is certainly a significant part of the buyer's journey. And, you know, as web designers, as creators, you know, we have to own that accountability and that responsibility as well. So how do you onboard uh, designers to the concept of marketing? Like how, what's your, uh, what's your go-to? Like, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of deprogramming um, and a lot of uh, uh, therapy uh, involved <laughs> uh, in some cases. Um, I, you know, it's it's not just designers. I mean, it's it's SEO people, it's content people. You know that that marketing is a system, and if this stuff doesn't all work together, in fact, that's why I think you know as a web designer, um, if you're not if you're not elevating your game and basically saying no, I'm not a web designer. I am a marketing strategist who happens to also design websites. It's very tough because if somebody comes to you, I mean, I'm sure they you see this all the time. Somebody comes to you and says, "We need a new website." Okay. For whom? <laughs> you know, yeah. what, what message? What's your brand promise? What's the customer journey look like? A lot of designers who are, you know, certainly um, good designers understand that they have to get that information. They have to understand that information if they're going to develop a good product. Well, that's marketing strategy. Um, and so, you know, as a web designer, if you're not saying, okay, stop business owner, <laughs> we're going to uh, now do strategy. Um, we're going to understand, you know, what your customer journey is. We're going to understand what your editorial plan is, um, you know, before we actually start designing anything. And, and, you know, the problem with that, of course, is if you're set up just as a designer, it's going to be hard to get paid for that kind of work. But if you don't do that work, you can't do a good job. So it's really kind of a, you know, catch 22, I think, for a lot of folks. And so 
Um, I mentioned at the beginning of the show, we have a, a network of independent consultants. Well, we about a third of those consultants are former you know, web design firms who have now realized they have to add these other services or they're just going to be seen as a, a vendor. Now that's, you know, there are definitely a lot of people that are doing great work on their own, freelance, you know, somebody comes to them and says, I need this great site, they design a great site and they, you know, ship it and they're done. Um, but I think to truly, you know, elevate your game, um, you have to think of yourself as marketing strategist and you have to probably position yourself um, as such because the, the website is frankly a, a tool uh, for marketing and it's become, you know, such an essential tool uh, that, that I think if, if you want to survive in this world that we live in today, um, start thinking about, uh, start thinking about leading with strategy first. Yeah, plus the, the project doesn't end. I mean, the classic approach was, okay, I'll design it in yeah. Photoshop, then deliver it to the developer and I'm done. But the website yes. just starts uh, then. I mean, if you're talking about maintenance, if you're not choosing uh, WordPress, if you're choosing a, a platform that is not well supported and problems will arise half a year later, where are you going to find uh, developers to, to use that, uh, you know, that uh, platform that no one else uses? Yeah, uh, no question. And, and really, I think that that's a, another great point is, I mean, we should, we're never done, um, is my view. I mean, because yes, you, maybe you build version one, but I mean, doesn't the business plan to grow somehow? Doesn't it, you know, doesn't it plan to scale somehow? So, so that tool, you know, as a, you know, website, I mean, we, we talk about complete redesigns every 16, 18 months. Yeah. Um, first off, but but secondly, um, we're constantly building what we call hub pages and and you know little content mini sites, you know, because that's how we're going to grow the business. So, you know, in in some ways, the you know whatever we're going to call version one of the website, the core pages and the you know the the core promise, you know, that's the start uh, for us, you know, because again, if we're going to look at the website as the hub of marketing. And I don't care how the transaction is actually done. It is the hub of, of the customer journey. Um, you know, even if, if, even if you meet in your office and that person hands you a, you know, a paper written check you know, to do the transaction, they have probably visited your website and made some decision about whether or not they wanted to engage you, you know, based on what they found there. And so you know, we, we have to look at them as, uh, as living, you know, breathing um, elements of our, our marketing and, you know, it's the same. It's funny, you know. You you think about like running an ad in a you know on radio or on television or in a, in print, you know, like we used to do. Well, we wouldn't run that same ad for eighteen months, now would we? <laughs> you know, so so you know, thinking about you know evolving and measuring, you know, what converts and what works and what seems to connect, how the market changes, how the behavior of the market changes. You know, that's something we have to continually be on. So you also train uh, consultants that that uh, that uh, actually offer those uh, services, right. uh, and so when you're when you're starting to to grow as someone who offers services like that, like website building and marketing, you need to learn as you go because you know technology keeps evolving, and that takes time to to own the skills. You yeah. keep getting better at WordPress, at marketing, etc. How can you on the same in the same time? put the proper focus on other elements that you, that you mentioned, like building your case studies, like building your portfolio. Yeah. Well, it's definitely tough. I mean, because there's, there's generally speaking more to do than you'll ever get done. Um, one of the things that, that we, you know, part of our system is, um, is delegation. 
Um, and so, you know, a lot of freelancers, you know, struggle because let's face it, all they have to sell is their time. And so what we do is we actually have created a, a complete uh, system that there are elements of our of implementation, for example, that we can train virtual marketing assistants. We can train other people to do, but then we have built the systems and documented the systems that we can accurately delegate and, and, and replicate, you know, that yeah. work. And there's a lot of work that we do as business owners that I'm just going to throw out figures. It's $10 an hour work. Um, you know, uh, yeah. but if we're going to survive and grow a business, you know, we better, we better stay doing the hundred dollar or $200 an hour work as much as possible. And so one of the first things you want to do is look at your business and start, uh, even though you may not want to build a large agency, if you want to be more profitable, if you want to have more free time, <laughs> if you don't want to feel like you're 24 seven, you know, on the hook for your clients, start building a structure that's going to allow you to, to offboard and delegate in a, in a systematic way, uh, 50, 60, 70% of the stuff that you do. I mean, the, 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 the strategy, the, the creativity, the innovation, the client relationships, the selling, let's face it, yeah. you know, those yeah. are your jobs, but editing and, and yeah, editing, tweaking code, loading blog posts, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, I know at least 10 million people who could do that for you. <laughs> and so, yeah. it's, you it's know, that uh, we have to get that mindset. That's the idea of the sharing economy that everything can be, you can get those services online and that's, that's the beauty of it. And this brings me to a, another point I want to, to talk about is the movement that of, of everything online, buying online. Yeah. How do you um, get the right balance for other channels? Let's say you're, yeah. you're a speaker, so speaking or uh, yeah. you know, um, a newspaper, newspaper ads or uh, any offline activity. Sure. Well, I think one of the keys you have to remember about websites is, is, you know, a lot of people, when a lot of people started embracing that as a channel, I mean, let's face it, that's kind of what it was, you know, originally was, oh, here's another way for you to, you know, read about my business. And, and that's kind of how people saw it initially. And I think a lot of them saw it as a transaction piece. It's like, oh, you can buy or you can sign up here or you can get a quote here. I think we have to understand, you know, what our objective is, what our end of, let, let's, let's start with our end objective is to get and keep a happy customer. <laughs> um, and if that's the case, I think what we have to look at is what do we want our website to do? How do we want it to play a part in that journey? We have local businesses that, you know, a, a remodeling contractor, let's throw out. I mean, they need to meet with that person. I mean, that's the, that's how they're going to get anything rolling is because yeah. they're going to go and they're going to share some brilliant ideas with them. So, so for that website, you know, our goal is to get them to understand that we're the most trusted, that, that you'll have a great experience. Here's some examples of great, ex other people who've had great experiences. Now set up a one-on-one -on -one consultation. I mean, we're, that, that is the path that we're trying to get people to do immediately. And so if, if you, you know, people are still going to go to the website that in many cases, that's how they're going to find us because they're sitting around going, we should find a remodeling contractor. Well, what do they do? They Google it. And then, you know, so they have to, that awareness piece has to be there. They have to find us uh, when they do that. But then we set the whole journey up and, and what we want them to do or how we want to guide them to that one-on-one -on -one consultation, because we know that's really where the magic starts. Now, your business may be dramatically different, but you still have to think that way about your website. Nobody's going to buy a $200,000 kitchen 
you know, from my website. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. And so, you know, we have to understand what we want people to do, how we want to guide them and build the site journey, you know, based on that. Uh, so uh, tell us a bit more about the, the site journey. I really loved your, your presentation about the, you know, the, the, the hourglass. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, so that's something I've been, you know, the, the, the idea of the customer journey, if you Google on Google Trends, you'll see it's just like, you know, straight up. Yeah. Everybody's talking about the customer journey today. Or funnels, well, yeah, I, we've had. Yeah, or funnels, yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and about 15 years ago, I said, you know, the funnel's broken. I mean, this idea of, of we can just drive people to the result that we want, uh, you know, by advertising or by sales um, in, in some fashion, you know, is no longer valid. I mean, people buy the way they want to buy. And a lot of it's out of our control now. They go to a Facebook group, they Google, they look at LinkedIn. I mean, they're, they're doing a lot of research before we ever even know that they're trying to solve a problem or looking you know, for, for some sort of product. And so the idea of the uh, marketing hourglass is that also these funnels, uh, thank you for mentioning that because I get to beat up on them now. You know, the whole idea of the funnel is that, you know, get a whole bunch of people excited, then, you know, keep marketing to the ones that show some interest and voila, you know, a few of them will pop out and they'll be customers. And for a lot of people, that's where they end the journey. And the idea of the hourglass, in fact, if you think about the hourglass shape is, yes, there is a funnel aspect to somebody coming to know, like, and trust your business. Um, but once they try and buy, you know, that's where to me the magic happens that that the, the, the greatest source of lead generation for many businesses is a happy customer. And so the, the idea of the hourglass is that we re, uh, you know, we, we put the emphasis on the customer experience after in fact, the buying experience, you know, after somebody is all revved up and wants to buy from us, we, we keep the excitement just as high by focusing processes and campaigns specifically on you know, these seven stages of no like trust, try by repeat and refer. And I think that, that, you know, I like to talk about, you know, people talk about demand creation. And I think that, that the world we're in today, the job of a lot of marketers is just organizing behavior. It's these behaviors that people want to go on, these journeys people want to go on, we just have to understand them and, and you know, put ourselves in the, in the right place, answering the right questions, meeting the right objectives at each of those stages, those changing stages of the journey. And so we actually use the marketing hourglass as a tool, in some cases, to design an entire set of, of tactics. So, you know, it's as simple as saying, okay, how, let's understand the buyer journey. How do people find a business like ours? Once they find a business like ours, you know, what makes them like that business? What makes them want to know more? Um, how do we build trust? And then so on, try, buy, repeat, and further. That we actually build our entire tactic map around uh, the journey of those seven stages. So let's talk about the refer part because you actually wrote a book about it. <laughs> so that's uh, very interesting because I know it's a, it's a neglected part. A lot of companies... Actually, including, I have to admit, our own company don't put a lot of effort it, uh, at it uh, yet. But uh, so, so what are the, th uh, you know, the, the basic rule of thumbs that you, you can say about that? Well, sure. I, I mean, what's interesting is if you, if you polled most small business owners, they will tell you that the bulk of their business actually comes by word of mouth. I mean, if, the, if they're doing good work, they are probably, and they, and they don't have robust you know, lead generation funnel set up. I mean, they're, they're getting work uh, because somebody says, oh yeah, you should call John, you know, or you should call, you know, whoever, because uh, they do great work. But where they drop the ball is that 
they, it ends there. I call it the accidental referral. And, and so, you know, what we should do as marketers, if we're doing good work is just take a very systematic approach to creating um, campaigns around referral. And, and every business is different, but it starts with a mindset. In fact, uh, a lot of businesses that, that are very successful at generating referrals actually start the conversation about referrals in the lead conversion process. We know you're going to be so happy with what you know, we promised today that in 90 days, we're going to come back. We're going to make sure you're happy. And then we're going to ask you if you know anybody else who needs a result like this. Okay, sure. <laughs> is what you know, the, the person says. So all of a sudden you're planning this. Yeah. And, and, and it's also a brilliant sort of brand promise. We know you're going to be so happy. You're going to want to tell others. I mean, you're kind of, you know, you're basically future, you know, telling them that they're going to be happy and we're going to come back and make sure you're happy. So it's a great sales message, even if you don't do anything with it. But the, the fact is that it, you know, you start planting the seed for that. Now, one of the things that we know is that there are human beings uh, more wired to refer. You know, they're your connectors. They're the people that like to know, be in the know, the ones that like to tell other people. That can't stop talking. Uh, yeah. Can't stop talking. And so um, what we do with most businesses is we find those people. And, and you know, we call, I call them champions. We find those champions. We find those people that are already happy. You're already talking about you. And just notice them in the in the comments or how do you uh, oh it depends you know i mean every, every business is different in some cases you know they are clearly referring i mean it's you know it's how'd you hear about us well you know betty told me i mean so you know depending upon the business you know we try to find a way to to understand who those champions are in some cases they may not actually be referring they're you know they're jumping in on facebook and making great comments you know when somebody else you know or they're you know i mean there's lots of ways to 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 maybe identify those folks and we want to make sure that we're taking care of them. We're acknowledging them. We're maybe, you know, I have, you know, this remodeling contractor uh, example. Uh, they do, you know, they take those folks and they, you know, they do a, a couple events a year uh, for them. They bring them together. They let them meet each other because they, they probably have some, and this is a local business, so half of them know each other in some cases or know somebody who knows them. And so it's a great networking opportunity as well. And it just kind of keeps those people very much in the family of wanting to do things. Now, if you're a business that doesn't really have the, you know, let's say you're all over the, the country, sending an email or sending a, uh, you know, a gift certificate in the actual snail mail to somebody and saying, hey, here, you've been such a loyal customer. Here's 25% off coupon that you can use on your next purchase and you can share with a friend to use on theirs. I mean, so just doing things because a lot of people, even who love us, want to refer uh, want to leave reviews, but yeah. we don't remind them. We don't make it easy for them. Um, and so just, you know, once a quarter, do that referral, you know, mailing <laughs> to your best customers yeah. and just put something in their hands physically or tangibly that they, uh, that they can share. And, and now the snail mail is the, the place that is less hectic <laughs> than the spam box. So I guess yeah. you get uh, more attention. So I, I want to ask you, like, can you share a few common mistakes that you usually see small businesses uh, make uh, usually uh, when they try to, to, you know, to get more clients. And uh, yeah, I, I'd say the two biggest ones that I see is that they believe everyone is their customer. If I'm an accountant, anybody who has, does a tax return or anybody who has a business is my customer. And, and that sort of broad, you know, approach is, you know, leads to nobody 
thinking they're your customer. <laughs> and so, you know, really narrowing your focus on, you know, who do you serve? Who, who you know, who has the problem that you can solve? Um, yeah, I, I'll give you an example. A tree service that we worked with, you know, believed anybody who had trees that needed to be cut down was their customer. And, and we surveyed their customers. We actually talked to them and we just kept hearing over and over and over again that they show up when they say they're going to and they clean up the yard, you know, when they're done. And so the problem that they were solving was that <laughs> and not you know, not the fact that somebody had a tree they needed cut down because the belief was anybody who cuts trees down can do that, but they won't show up when they say they're going to and they'll leave a mess. And so by understanding that that, you know, was the problem they were solving, that they, that was the unique thing that they actually offered to the world, we we're actually able to use that as a message that really targets and attracts people who care about that. They care less about price <laughs> Um, you know, they, they all, you know, they want that service. They want that convenience. They're, you know, they're busy, you know, working adults, they need that appointment, you know, time set up. And so that, you know, that's who we actually, and, and people don't think about that as targeting, narrowly targeting, but, but what it allowed them to do is attract people who appreciated what they did and would pay them a premium for it. So that, you know, that's the big, that's the mistake. Number one, mistake number two, particularly the last 10 years is that, you know, with every new channel that opens up, every new platform <laughs> that opens up, I feel like I have to be on there for some reason. So, you know, we work with all these business owners that, uh, again, local businesses that are on Twitter and they're tweeting to nobody. And it's like, why are you expending the energy or <laughs> the belief yeah. that you need to be there? Let's find, you know, based on your strategy, where your people hang out, where you can put your priorities because let's face it, you only have so much time. So what's going to be valuable, you know, the most valuable return on your time uh, spent and let's do less, but let's yeah. do it better. And that, you know, that, that message, in fact, I, I sometimes joke and, and tell people, you know, my biggest value that I bring to people is to tell them what not to do sometimes. Yeah. Research. That's yeah. That's definitely critical. And uh, that's, that's spot on. So we're going to wrap this up. And John, it's been, it's been really interesting. I mean, I'm always uh, kind of, I think I have a radar for marketers who are uh, kind of uh, have a, uh, not the guru approach, but have a more authentic approach. And I think you're at the top of this, uh, this, this list and you've managed to be consistent with this. I mean, for, for a very long time. So uh, how can well, people... Uh, yeah. Hire, hire, hire me and you'll make a million dollars and only have to work four hours a week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly. I haven't figured that one out yet, but apparently a lot of people have because there's a lot of people selling that, but I can't figure that one out. There's just a podcast that I started listening to that <laughs> makes fun of, of marketing gurus. Oh, oh great. Sure. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, make yeah, sure I'll, I'm not. I'll send it to you. It's funny. <laughs> I think you were starting to ask me how people can find me. Yeah, yeah. So the easiest way is just duct tape marketing. So D U C T. T-A-P-E marketing.com. I have a podcast as well. Uh, lots of years and years of, of content there. And uh, hopefully you'll find something that uh, um, can uh, be since useful. 2005, if, right? Since 2005. Isn't that ridiculous? Um, so, <laughs> yeah, great. Yeah. but, uh, um, and then obviously if you want to learn about our, our consultant network, I'll tell you another site is just duct tape marketing consultant.com. And, and really I, I love, bringing web designers into our network because it just opens up a whole new world for them, allows them to 
get paid a lot more money for what they're doing uh, instead of being seen as that vendor who's you know three days late with what we thought we were going to get. Okay, so thank you very much, John, and uh, I'm sure we'll, we'll have you back and we'll do more things together. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Until next time, bye-bye.